Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. I'm Janet Marana, the executive director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. One, of course, where the summer is fast escaping us now. And, you know, for some people in August, they start getting ready to go back to school. Colleges, you know, they start moving people back into their dorms. And you know something? Too many people take a vacation from God in the summer. And you know what? That shouldn't happen. If anything, you have a little more relaxation time. You should be focusing more in into God and your relationship with the Lord. And so today I've got some homework for you, an exciting new book that's going to help you put God back into your life in a deeper way. Well, joining me today is a great friend of mine. Oh my gosh, we've known each other like over 30 years. Uh, and he's worked with me with Father Pavone and Priest for Life for decades. And he's an integral part of our ministry. I wouldn't be here without him, let me tell you, because he does amazing work for the unborn. But he's also a talented author. He's written dozens of adult and children's books. And today, his newest books book is A Good Remedy for Your Soul. So welcome to the program, Anthony Stefano. Hey, Janet. Thank you for having me. You always give me such a big buildup. I don't deserve well, it. It should be. And how I opened this, Anthony, was, as you know, I mean, bad enough that parishes take vacations, right, over the summer. So many activities just go on a hiatus, right? Uh, this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen and this one goes away. In some parishes, they'd stop having the choirs sing, just a canter. I mean, it's just this, like, vacation from God mentality. And I know some people, sadly, when they go on vacation, they don't even go to mass. They don't look into masstimes.org to see where's the nearest Catholic church because they're all over the place. But your newest book, 30 Days to Renew Your Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul, I think is a perfect thing timed right now to, so to get people back in the groove of God. What do you think, huh? Well, I hope so, Janet. I hope so. I wrote this book um, so that I could bridge the gap between self-help programs and, and Christian spirituality. You're right. Too many people put God in the box and put him off to the side. And they put him in the same category as their gym membership or some little aspect of their life that they have to focus on once in a while. Uh, but that doesn't really work. You know, I, I've, I've always been a big fan of the personal development industry because there's so much suffering in the world. There's so much confusion. There's so much unhappiness. And I'm for anybody who could help alleviate suffering and help people get off their butts and change their lives for the better. But there's a serious limitation with the, the self-help industry uh, and with all the personal development programs out there. I've taken a lot of them myself. They work for a while, but then uh, the results seem to be temporary. When life really hits you with a two by four, and you know, you know that it does eventually for everybody, all those self-help programs break down. And the reason, Janet, is because of what you just said. They concentrate too much on self-help and not enough on God's help, okay? Because you can take those programs and become very successful and get lots of money and even fame and, and, and notoriety and wealth, 
but you can still be miserable. Look at all those Hollywood movie stars uh, who spin out of control with drugs and kill themselves despite their success. If you've got your priorities screwed up, then you're never going to be at peace no matter how much success uh, you experience. And by the way, parenthetically, uh, and inter interestingly, that works in the opposite direction too. And I'm sure you've encountered this with people who are overly spiritual, too many overly spiritual people, when they have problems, they think that they're just going to say a prayer to God and God is going to, you know, wave a magic wand and make their problems disappear. We know he has the power to do that, but he doesn't usually do that. You know, th there's a lot of truth in that old saying that God helps those who help themselves. So the bottom line is my book uh, tries to put together the best of both of these worlds and combine them. I wanted to write something that utilized the very best self-help principles, but balanced and corrected them with Orthodox Christian principles, sacramental Catholicism, so that the results people get aren't just temporary, but are long lasting and even hopefully permanent. Well, I want to remind our people that you can get a copy of this book at, of course, at Priest for Life at our online store at ProLifeProducts.org. So, now, Anthony, when I first received this book, my first reaction was, oh, it's so thick and heavy. <laughs> I said, oh, I want to start this book. So right away in the beginning, I read the first part. You basically tell people they have to start the book on a Monday. And you're very firm about that whole thing about, because this is a 30 day program, but you got to start on a Monday. Explain that whole concept, why you can't start it on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It's got to be Monday. Well, Janet, you know, I wrote this book uh, as a 30 day program. It seems like it's a long book, but it's really not. The chapters are very short and there are 30 of them. And, and one chapter corresponds to each day of the week except for Sunday. Sunday is a day of rest. So if you start the book on a Monday and you do six chapters, then you'll have six reading days, six work days, and on the seventh day you rest. And then the next week you start week two. And right. the chapters start off very short. They get a little bit longer. The reason why I did this, Janet, wasn't just to mimic God, because you know when God created the universe, he created it in six days right. and rested on the seventh. And I figured, well, you know, if that's good enough for God, then of course it's a good strategy if you're trying to recreate yourself. But aside from that, I wanted to harness the incredible power of momentum. You know, people have so many problems in their life, Janet, and they, they get so overwhelmed thinking about the problems and it paralyzes them. And they don't do anything until the problems get so great that they threaten to explode in their faces. That's a terrible way to live. There's a better way to deal with problems and that's to do uh, take small actions, but take them consistently in every area of your life, whether it's finances, family, health, uh, friends. Uh, take these small actions consistently in every area, uh, and do. But 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 then, uh, because of the consistency, you will pick up speed. You know, the Bible says that if you're faithful in little things, you'll be able to rule over big things. Remember, when God saved the world, what did He do? He started small too, as a little baby in a humble stable. So why shouldn't we? Uh, you, can, you can't be great in life if you're not good first. So be good at the small things and the greatness and the triumphs will come eventually. So the point of this book is to get people to, to accomplish small things at the beginning, to gather, harness momentum, and then by the end of the book, they're going to be on fire and they're going to be raring to go. So I don't think it's a, a hard read at all. I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's pretty easy on the reader, actually. It just looks a little imposing because it's got 30 chapters. 
Well, but the point you just made, though, uh, about God starting off as a little baby, well, he took 30 years to start his public ministry, right? And this is a 30-day program. So maybe there's a connection there. Like, look at all the time God took to launch his his ministry, really, right? Well, you know, Janet, I just, I never thought of that when I was writing this book. So you gave me an insight that I didn't even have into my own work. So thank (laughs) you. I'm going to remember that and put that down for future interview questions. And people are going to think that I'm brilliant and I'm not. It's really Janet Marana that told me. (laughs) Okay. So here's my other question. Are you ready for this one? Okay. With this book, I I have some friends, they already have a a full life of devotional stuff they're doing. Matter of fact, I gave the book uh, this past weekend to some people who already like they're Catholics on steroids. You know, they go to daily mass, daily rosary. uh, They they read the Magnificat prayers throughout the day. uh, They have all kinds of little uh, devotional other stuff they do. So a person like that might say, hey, listen, (laughs) I got this. My life is very full spiritually. How is this book going to help them in addition to all that other stuff they're already doing? Well, I I hinted at it before when I said that some uh, people who are very spiritual think that all they have to do is pray and God is going to solve all their problems. And that's not the way it always works. Yes, the prayer will give you grace. It will harness the creative power of the universe, especially if you're going to mass and having the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. You're plugging into the power source of the universe. So, of course, it's going to help you. It's going to lead you and point you in the right direction. But many times, you have to do something called work. Remember that old Latin saying, ora et labora. Okay, work and prayer. That's the recipe for success. Uh, You know, if you look at Jesus Christ during the Gospels, he didn't just pray. He went off and prayed a lot. But he was always moving, always working. And that's the whole point of this book to show people, even people who are very spiritual and very Catholic and people who are you know, making use of that, that sacramental power, that there are some tools that the personal development industry has discovered about goal setting and about harnessing the power of momentum uh, and about cleaning up the messes in your life and about the connection between motion and emotion, you know, things like that, because you've got to get moving. You've got to move sometimes to change your state. You can be the holiest monk in the world, but if you just stay inside and pray all day long and you don't go outside into the sunlight and move, your spiritual life is going to dry up. So I try in this book to include all those kinds of things that may be overly or people, I don't want to say overly spiritual like it's a bad thing because it can never be a bad thing, but people who are very Catholic, very spiritual, very Christian, things that they're not doing uh, that, that can help them get out of the rut that they might be in and, you know, start cleaning up the messes in their life. Well, brothers and sisters, we're talking about Anthony's new book, 30 Days to Re- to Your New Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul. And, of course, it's available at our online store at prolifeproducts.org. Okay, so, Anthony, they order the book, and I think I already read you want, recommend them having a, a Word document that they go to on their computer, or I, I'm more of like a notebook girl, old-fashioned. I like writing down. So... It could be any notebook or a journal, right? You need those two ingredients, right? What else do we need to start our program? That's it. You have to, the point of having a notebook is not for it to be like a school environment. It's that you have to be an active reader. You can't be just a passive reader. I could read a hundred books and enjoy them. I could listen to a hundred sermons and be inspired by them. But if I'm not doing something active, if I'm not investing myself in it, then I'm not going to really change. The point of this book 
is to get people to get off their keisters and move and do something and take control of of all the problems in their life. And the only way they're going to do that is if they're actively reading. And that means, and so what we do is, not only do I ask you to read the chapter, but at the end, there's a small action item. It's not a tough action item, but it's a small action item. And it's something that you do and write down and then can review at the end of the week on Sunday. And that's what's going to help you build momentum. Sometimes the smallest things, we were talking about this earlier, the smallest things can give you hope. Uh, and, and, and give you the uh, power to move on and do bigger things. So all you really need is uh, the, the, the readiness to be an active reader and have a notebook or a computer file or something to write things down and take some and do some of the, uh, you know, the, the uh, homework assignments at the end of each chapter. Yeah, speaking of homework, you know, I was a teacher, so I love giving homework. <laughs> and even on my show a lot, I give people homework. So I, I can identify that because homework, you know, when you have kids in school, they think of homework as a punishment. But homework really is meant to to develop you further, you know, to strengthen you more and to learn more. So I like I like the homework idea. I'm all for homework. Yeah. Okay. And let's say, for instance, we're talking about like there's a, a chapter or two on goal setting. Now, goal setting is very important. A lot of people, including spiritual people, uh, don't have goals. You know, they wander about aimlessly without any fixed objective. And that, that doesn't work in life. How in the world are you going to hit a target if you don't have a bullseye? Having goals gives you a bullseye to shoot for. That's something the self-help industry uh, gets right. So, yes, you have to have goals uh, that are inspiring, goals that are big enough to pull you into the future and get you over all the obstacles that you're going to overcome. You've got to get goals that are written down, goals that you look at every single day. You know, um, th these are the things that are, are practical helps that can actually assist you to achieve your goals and not just, you know, you know, think about them and wonder if you're ever going to, you know, make headway in life. Okay. Now in the book, you refer to the mass as a time machine. Can you explain that? <laughs> uh, yes, Janet. You know, you know that the uh, the mass is a time machine. People don't always think of it that way, you know. But the Catechism of the chapter of, of the Catholic Church uh, teaches very clearly in I think it's uh, paragraph thirteen twenty three that Jesus instituted the mass in order to perpetuate the sacrifice of the cross throughout the ages until he should come again. Now, now, what does that mean? What it means is a form of mystical time travel takes place at every single Catholic Mass. Only the Mass doesn't transport us in time back to the crucifixion. It actually takes the crucifixion and brings it forward in time mystically so we can experience that monumental life-saving event in our present day lives. During the Mass at the moment of consecration, uh, the cross and the crucifixion are brought from the past and planted right there in the church on that symbol of Calvary, the altar. Uh, and, and, and it's just, the, the, the crucifixion is just as present to someone sitting at, in a pew during mass as it was to the, the Virgin Mary and John the, and, 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 and John the Evangelist who were beneath the cross uh, on Good Friday. It may not look the same, it may not be bloody, uh, but it's the same mystically. And so we get a chance when we go to mass to be present at that once and forever, once, once and only once forever sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross. And because we get to be present at the moment of the crucifixion, 
through this miraculous time machine known as the mass, we also get to plug into the power of the resurrection, you know, and that's something that people who, you know, try to take personal development programs, you know, they don't hear about a lot from self-help experts. But if you really want to transform yourself, Catholics have this incredible gift called the mass, okay, which plugs you in to the resurrection itself. So if you want to transform your life, you want to change yourself, you want to resurrect yourself, then of course you've got to go to mass and go frequently. That's one of the great things that we have as Catholics that we don't utilize enough. And then, of course, uh, a favorite topic of mine uh, in another chapter, you talk about fasting. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, but our church today are wimpy about fasting. Uh, all these things, you don't have to do this anymore. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you could not uh, eat any food from the night before till you received communion uh, the next day at mass. I mean, that's what the fasting was. So you had to have your breakfast after you went to church. I mean, that that was the rule. Of course, then they reduced it now to an hour. And I've heard some people say, well, you know, as long as it's at least a half hour before you receive. I'm like, come on, are we going to keep cutting the rules about fasting? And then, of course, all during Lent, fasting is gone. I mean, what are we supposed to do during Lent? You know, fast is one of the key things. But when you hear most people they're very wimpy at fasting. And I myself do intermittent fasting. I can actually go a day and a half with, with, without eating. I could just drink, you know, uh, water and stuff like that, take my supplements. But why did you decide to spend a whole chapter on fasting when we have such a wimpy church when it comes to fasting? Well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a wimpy church. The church in its wisdom <laughs> has prudentially decided uh, the rules for fasting. I think that if you want to criticize the church for something along these lines, um, it should be that we're not catechized properly about right. why fasting is important. I think that mm -hmm. if if the church or if we ourselves as lay people in the church, because I'm not just blaming the ordained clergy here, we ourselves as, as knowing, knowledgeable Catholics, we don't do a good enough job at telling people why fasting is important. Now, fasting is defined as abstaining from food or drink from certain periods of time, just like you said. But ca fasting can have a much broader meaning. You could fast from any activity, like, like going on social media or watching TV or listening to music uh, or shopping, you know, and any of those acts of self-denial if they're hard enough, can be very beneficial in developing your willpower. And Janet, that's what it's all about, your willpower. What you have to understand is that so many of the problems that we have in life are the result of our weakened willpower. Over the years, our willpower has lost so much power. You know, the world and all its uh, glittering attractions and temptations, you know, it's always tempting us and always us uh, causing us to say yes to this temptation and that temptation. And our will starts to erode and shrivel up. But when you fast, you say no to the world. You say no to instant gratification. You say no to your body. You say no to your emotions. You say no to your psychology. You say no to your whole uh, self-indulgent way of interacting with the world. And it's this radical pattern interrupt that can have a transformational effect on your life. So when you, when you say no to eating for a day or two or something like that, or even a few hours, it does something to your body by purifying it. It does something to your will by strengthening it. It does something to your brain by, by teaching you that you do have self-control, you know, and, and it does something to your soul. Um, how should I say this? By acting as a form of penance for bad behavior and as a form of purification for better behavior in the future. And that's why Christ said, that certain sins could only be driven out by prayer and fasting because he, he Christ knew what he was talking about. 
fasting helps your soul in so many ways. It produces humility. It produces sorrow for sins. And mainly it helps you discern God's will for you by purifying you. And it makes it more clear, I think, which direction you have to go. So yes, I devoted a whole chapter in the book to fasting. And no, I don't ask people to fast for two or three days. It's a pretty easy <laughs> fast, 24 hours. But it's something that I think could kickstart a person's efforts to transform themselves. Well, I can tell you, I've done that 24-hour fast, and you just feel great. You know, um, I think the hardest part is, like, because I can basically fast breakfast, lunch, and just have a little light dinner. It's when you get to that dinner time uh, of that 24-hour fast that you just have to push through it. But that's like you said, if you can say no to food, then that gives you the strength to say, like the devil's all around trying to tempt us into doing bad stuff. So then it gives us more of a willpower. Hello, willpower. What if, What about, what I need thought. And by the willpower. way, why do they call it willpower? Why don't they call it won't power? Doesn't that make more sense? <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Okay, here's the question. Um, many of us have family members who are not practicing their faith. They're not going to church. Do you think a book like this, like how would they hint at someone's like, hey, I read this really good book. Uh, about getting closer to God it has nothing to do with, you know, all the Catholic church rules or the Catholics or nothing, but this might help you. Do you think we could kind of help some people who are like not where they need to be, get back with God more? I think so. I, I because the, the book can be read, uh, you can, you can skip the uh, religious parts of the book. You know, the Catholic chapters, there's three very solidly Catholic chapters in it that talk about things like the mass the book is infused, of course, with my own uh, Catholic dogmatic beliefs. But uh, so much of the book is just good for any Christian or anyone who believes in God, or even it could help the personal development aspects of the book can help you even if you don't believe in God at all. I mean, the, the, the basics that, that, that we teach in this book uh, work for anybody, you know? So, uh, so yes, I think that this might even be a sneaky way, if you want, <laughs> to help people get back to the faith because you can give this book to them as a self-help personal development book. And uh, and there's enough of that, especially at the beginning, to carry people along and get excited about the way they're transforming their life, that when they get to the more religious parts, they might be more open to embracing that. Okay, and if anything, and if they want, they could, like I said, they could just skip those parts pretty easily. But yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's a, actually a good way, and I wrote it this way, to help evangelize people. Um, to get people strong, who believe a little bit to get them to be stronger in their faith and they get people who don't believe at all to be willing to embrace the faith a little. Yeah. Well, it's so sad though, you know, when, when people like that who are not plugged into their faith right now, it's always that like a tragedy happens that suddenly they, they start praying to God or suddenly they go back to God, but then they drift away so easily. So I'm hoping that this book could be a tool, like you're saying, we could use to evangelize them to see like, hey, you know, you got to participate. Um, so often, I think, Anthony, people sit at mass and they're there like reviewing the priest, like they're watching a play, you know, oh, look what father did. Oh, look what he's doing now. Oh, he didn't do this or he didn't do that. Oh, for goodness sakes, that's not what you're here for, you know? Um, so hopefully this book will help a lot of people. The the people who are just overkill on overkill spirituality or people who are lacking and are in like the desert, so to speak, uh, spiritually right now. And I think that this book will help them. And brothers and sisters, you can get a copy right now by going to our online store at prolifeproducts.org. Final question, Anthony. I've plugged through the whole book. Let's 
play pretend because I, I haven't started yet, to be honest, but I, I will promise. Um, what happens on day 30? Can you, can we get a peek in? I, I, I'm that kind of kid. I like to know like the end of the story. So what happens at day 30? Uh, what I do is I pull all the principles together. I summarize all the, all the chapters of the book into one, what I call code of conduct. And I ask people to write down all these principles, these 30 principles, or there's a few more than 30, that add up to one code of conduct that you can feel uh, certitude that if you follow this code of conduct for your life, that not only are you going to get to heaven, but you're going to have a foretaste of heaven along the way. You're going to have the kind of peace and tranquility that the Bible says trans, uh, transcends all understanding. So I sum it all up. I ask people then to take that, what they've written, that document that they've written, and go to uh, uh, an open church or uh, uh, um, adoration chapel um, and just prayerfully read those, uh, each of those items in that code of conduct in front of, of the Lord because they're going to ask the Lord to help them transform from the inside out and to make it a permanent transformation and not just some phase. We all go through so many phases diet phases, this kind of phase, that kind of, I don't want this book to result in a phase. I want it to result in a legitimate, real, you know, forever change of life. So that's what happens on day 30. I pull it all together in a summary. Well, Anthony, I really want to thank you uh, for sharing with us this time. And um, you really helped me want to like get into the, I, you know, I have to wait now to a Monday, but <laughs> I will start that's the book. Right. I promise. And, uh, I'll have you back again and we could talk to people more. And I bet you somehow I suspect there's another book uh, fermenting inside of you because you've written so many. So thanks two, for joining two me. Two more children's books coming out next year. One for Easter, one for Christmas and an adult book on miracles. It's all, oh my goodness. all happening. See? So I get to be on Just Ask Janet three times next year, if you like. Okay. Me. And I will look forward to them all. So thanks, Anthony. God bless and continued Thank great you, work. Janet. Thank you, Janet. Well, brothers and sisters, I hope this excited you that like it has me, that we can kind of get ourselves closer to God and dive into this book. So again, 30 Days to Your New Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul, available at our online store at prolifeproducts.org. And remember, brothers and sisters, you got to be in it to win it. So you got to be in it for God by starting with this great way of resetting your engine a little bit. Summer's almost over, so let's get back with God. This is Janet Morano, the Executive Director of Priest for Life. Thank you for joining me, and God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.